Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Dis Necessities Podcast. I'm your host, Michaela, and today we're going to have my lovely Disney College Program roommate, Colin, join us for a continuation of our College Program series about our experiences, the times that we had, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the College Program. So say hi, Colin. Hello, everyone. I am so excited that we're doing this mainly because one, Colin and I have this conversation on a daily basis, just her and me about the college program and our experiences and things we liked and didn't, things we want to go back and do and things we don't. So I'm so glad that we're now doing this actually recorded. So a lot of the stories that we're going to tell, I think Colin and I have already discussed to death, but it's going to be fun. Um, at least for me, there's certain things like I know we've discussed so many times our favorite days on the program and our least favorite days on the program. But there's other things that I like training wise, like we're going to talk about your training and your different roles that I don't think I've talked about with you. So that'll be fun. All right. So the first question I have for you, Colin, is how did you learn about the DCP? Me and my sister, Katie, our other hosts of this podcast already kind of talked about our experiences. But how did you learn about the DCP? So when I was a freshman in college, I went to Mississippi State um, for my undergrad and they had like a little table set up in our union where like different clubs would come and talk about things like you should join. And it was kind of weird because they were talking about like the Disney college program and I had kind of heard about it in high school, but I didn't really like, I guess, like pursue anything with it until my freshman year and they just gave us more information. And then after, um, kind of understanding like what it was in the internship based program I kind of saw posters popping up literally everywhere on campus about it and so yeah it was weird and then when I actually applied my best friend uh at the time from eighth grade Lindsay applied and then um I you know I'd always wanted to do it so I was like you know what I'll just apply and see what happens so I love that because I feel like it's a sign once you start seeing all the signs it's like a yeah it was metaphorical sign and every education class I was in, it was like this little like poster that was like on the chalkboard, like Disney college program. And I was like, huh, weird. That we should do it. The other thing that's really cool about this is that the friend that Colin mentioned, Lindsay, I actually ended up working with at Toy Story Mania on my yes. first DCP. And it is one of the weirdest situations. Cause I remember you telling me, cause Lindsay arrived there a week before we, I did yes. and you did. And you telling me how your friend had gotten Toy Story Mania and you knew how much I wanted that. And then first meeting Lindsay, she came over one night when I like made cookies and she came over with one of her friends and thinking, this is just the weirdest coincidence that one of my roommates is going to like, has the same friend that I'm going to see every single day of my life. Yeah. Um, She was giving me little tricks about training and all that stuff before we had even like gone through traditions. (laughs) Yes. I was stressed. She was telling me, Lindsay was telling me how we would have to get up so early in the morning for training. And I was not prepared for that. And what Colin mentioned traditions, which is like the, the day you're inaugurated into the Disney family, essentially, we were just anxiously anticipating that and hearing Lindsay talk all about the program and what she was already experiencing was just so exciting. All right. So tell me about applying, what that looked like for you, was did was this the first time that you applied for the program when you um, got in well I actually started the application my sophomore year um which is where I never really like submitted it my sophomore year but I just kind of wanted to see what it was and then it just didn't end up being the right time for me like with education and all that so then I applied junior year and it actually went a lot faster than I thought it would like I applied it was kind of late like I applied in October I think and um 
I submitted the application and later my friend and I went to the library to like work on some homework and I got the web-based interview. And so I did that and then scheduled the phone interview for like two days later. I think it was over our fall break. So I was actually home. And then I found out, I think exactly a week later from my phone interview, whether I got in. So that was kind of like, it was very fast. That's awesome because I had to wait. I think it was a month and a half. I think I got my phone interview very yeah. early September or maybe I had, I, maybe I had all the initial steps at the beginning of September and got my phone interview middle of September and didn't find out until another month. And that's just stressful waiting for that. See, in- that's how my second experience was like with the summer alumni, it was a lot slower. Okay. See, I was the opposite. I was so fast at summer alumni. So Colin and I lived together on our first program we lived in Chatham Square, which is one of the four apartments. And Colin was in the room next to mine in our apartment. And then she and I both did the summer alumni program again the year after. And we were physical roommates that time in Vistaway, like in the same room, uh, yeah. roommates. Um, we're not really going to delve too much into the whole housing situation. But suffice it to say, Colin is the person that I'm closest to of the people that I lived with the first time around. I do have another lovely uh, we call them ICPs, International College Program Roommates, that I lived with after Colin left. Because Colin, you didn't stay that entire time. Well, you stayed the entire time you were supposed to. You just didn't extend yes. like I did. Yeah, I was going to extend. And then my brother was actually doing some, uh, this is like weird lacrosse thing um, with school. And they went to Europe. And I was like, when am I ever going to have like the chance to go to Europe? So I, I did leave like when I was supposed to, which kind of made me sad. And it kind of made me more enticed to apply for the summer alumni just because I wanted that extra time um even though it was like a year later so yeah definitely and we'll talk about I think that we tried to squeeze the most fun into that last week before you left because we didn't I think we had talked about you coming back to visit but we didn't know if that was going to happen so we just had to squeeze it all in at once so we'll talk about that so anyway you get down DCP and I remember meeting you uh on the monorail the night before right what that was that we I was like staying at the contemporary and you guys I guess were coming from Magic Kingdom and we were meeting at the Polynesian and I remember like texting y'all and you were like I'm on the monorail I was like I am too and I like looked through like the crowd of people and I was like wait a second they're on the other side it was so funny so we we should backtrack a little bit and talk about how we met so more often than not obviously it's not happening right now because the college program isn't most people tend to meet their roommates on line usually via Facebook like the different Facebook groups so we I'm sure we were in multiple Facebook groups but the one we were in was Mm -hmm. like spring spring advantage college program 2018 and I I already had a roommate going into this that I had known from home and we knew that we wanted to live in Chatham with a six person because it was the most reasonably priced and it wasn't Vista way so we kind of discussed this beforehand on my on our first podcast that Vista way is had a very bad reputation so even though it was the cheapest it just wasn't the place that we wanted to live and it was older and like Chatham was like I I wouldn't say it was the newest but it had it was a lot it was a lot nicer for like the price that you had to pay for rent I would say right I don't remember entirely what we started out paying it was definitely one something like it was in the late hundreds per week like Disney housing is not 17 or something but it was definitely cheaper at Vista because it was like I guess it was still in the hundreds, but maybe it was like 20 bucks cheaper or something. Okay. Like My months. rent definitely went up after you left. I remember paying more, yeah. uh, but you do pay per week when you're on the college program and not per month. So anyway, 
me and this roommate that I already had put up our surveys. People come up with different surveys. We put pictures of ourselves. We put our like least favorite things, favorite things, things that we're looking for in a roommate. And I think, were you the first person to reach out or did our other roommate reach out first? I connected with the roommate that I actually lived with after seeing her survey online. And she was like, hey, I have these two other people that I've been talking to. Let me see let me just see what happens, you know? Okay. I'm so remembering that now. I didn't actually link up with you guys first, but it was kind of like through a mutual person that we did. Yeah. Okay. I'm remembering that now because we did like two pairings and then we ended up getting the third pairing eventually of six people all together. So we knew you and I, all of us really wanted to have roommates going into the college program. It used to be way back when, as far as I'm aware that you wouldn't be able to pick anyone. And I don't, yeah. I did not want to live with people I didn't know. And so we know, knew each other all online. We used to do FaceTimes. We would talk all the time. And I think we're just going to leave it at our experience before we moved in with roommates was a lot different after. We yeah. definitely all got along. And I think we thought we had a tighter bond than we did before the program, which happens. You know, you work different hours. You have different interests. You realize you have different living styles or whatever you want to call it. So after the program, our friendships really weren't as tight. But me and Colin had a very tight bond. So when we decided that we all happened, all six of us to be in Orlando the night before our college program, and we decided to meet up together for dinner so that it, the first time we met wasn't walking through the doors of our building. Yeah. And I think too, like with the roommate stuff, like you and I had a lot of the same days off because of our work schedule. So it did allow mm -hmm. us to like I mean, I guess become friends faster because we were able to like go to the parks together more than I feel like some of our other roommates just because they, their work schedules was just like insane. Absolutely. Because that'll lead into our, our next thing. I know at the very beginning of my program, which is really when we hung out the most, not that we didn't after, but the very beginning of my program, I had not consistent days off, but I had consistent hours from about like 2.30 in the afternoon to 10.30 or 14.30 to 22.30, as we would say in military time. So I would see you a lot in the morning and we would go to parks in the morning and do breakfast in the morning. And you and I were both really into meeting characters. So that really helped yes. too, because we would just be, all right, we're going to Chef Mickey's today. We're going to go meet these characters. And I already made the fast passes. Let's go. Yes. I remember like, I think we had a consecutive Thursday off. I don't know. I I don't know why yeah. we did, but I remember like in, I guess, January, like literally the second week we were there, you made like dining reservations all the way through May for every Thursday. And it was like the highlight of the week. Yeah. So we had the Disney heritage class, which you're allowed to sign up for the different Disney classes. And we just happened to win the lottery, quote unquote, of mm -hmm. a Disney class. And I think it was four weeks, but it was broken up because yeah. we had like two weeks in a row and then we had spring break. And then we had two weeks after that. Not that we had to offer spring break, just that they knew that spring break was happening. So we would have to work for There's those a two higher weeks. volume of guests. So they needed more cast members on duty than off. Exactly. So we knew that we had the guaranteed Thursday off. And even then I remember making reservations and still just trying to switch my schedule around so that we could yes. have at least those mornings together. So let's talk about your role. What did you do on the first college program? So the first college program, I started out doing quick service food and beverage um, at a restaurant in Epcot, Sunshine Seasons. It's not, it's near like the Soren Ride. It's, it kind of looks like a cafeteria, I would say. Mm -hmm. It's not like a super nice restaurant. Um, but, and it, it was definitely new to me because I'd never worked in the food industry or anything like that. So the training was very unique with that restaurant. Did you 
Well, I, I know that you knew where you were going to be, but was quick yeah. service food and beverage and even on your radar no. roles you wanted? Okay, um, so what did you it's want It's funny to do? because in the interview, they ask you kind of about roles that you would like. And they asked me about lifeguarding and just random, like what lifeguarding and merchandise. So I kind of thought more merchandise than lifeguard. Um, and I definitely put like quick services, like medium or low entrance on the... Um, application but I figured that like since it was medium low it wasn't going to be like taken seriously but that's Mm -hmm. what I got and um I loved like working with the people that I worked with but there's definitely some pros and cons to working quick service and working in Epcot okay so tell me first what training was like for you how many days do you remember training how many what were your hours like with training what did you have to learn um okay so like Knowing what I know after the second program, I would say that like training at quick service was very like rushed and not really thorough um, after like experiencing the merchandise training that I got on the summer alumni. But my training for quick service was like, I think it was six days and it was about the same hours that we had worked um, as regular hours, like four to 10 or you know, like two to 10 or something like that. It was always at night. We had one morning shift just to figure out how to open, but we as CPs never actually opened uh, the restaurant. So um, we did learn like all the stations and it was fun because we got to try the food from each station. So like each day, it was fun each day. Like I remember having um, like the grill station and the kids zone station. They'd be like, all right, pick something from the grill, pick something from kids zone. So that way you can like kind of recommend to guess what was good I mean what you liked um and after training you did have to like purchase food if you wanted it but it was at a discount because a you were a cast member and b you were working at the location at the time which was really nice because I feel like a lot of restaurants don't give you a lot of discounts but it was fun my favorite day of training was probably when we worked in the bakery (laughs) because we got to try cupcakes and um, we didn't actually make them. I know some quick service places you had like front of house and back of house, but for us, we were just kind of serving um, people like serving at the station. And then you would also have like positions that were like the register or out in the dining room. Um, So it was always fun to be in the dining room because you got a lot of guest interactions and you could make a lot of magical moments. I, it's funny because I don't think we ever talked about this, but when you were saying how you had mostly training in the afternoon, just because you would always be closing, mm-hmm. even though I always close, I, there were a couple of days that I happened to be opening at Toy Story, even though I would usually be closing, I never got trained on closing the attraction because all of our trainers were full-time people that wanted to work in the morning. I would get there ridiculously early. I learned how to open. And then the one day we're supposed to have nighttime training, they had a cheerleading event. So I don't know if you ever had to work a cheerleading event, but at Disney cheerleaders storm magic kingdom, literally, and all the other parks in February, and they come, they can rent out certain parts of the park or they can rent the entire park. And the night that I was supposed to be trained on closing was the night that the cheerleaders were coming and they were staying until 2 a.m. So instead of us closing as normal at nine o'clock and learning, doing all the closing procedures, the people would be closing or the other cast members that would close at 2 a.m. once all the cheerleaders had gone. So they were just kind of like, oh, well, you'll figure it out eventually. And I mean, it wasn't that difficult. It's, in my mind, it was easy to close and the paperwork isn't as arduous as some people 
like kind of suggested that it would be but it's funny that I, I spent all my time there in the morning and you actually had the whole nighttime I think situation. that would have stressed me out like not knowing how to close because they made it such a big deal at quick service but like with merchandise I don't think I ever closed um during training and I like was freaking out on my last day and I was like of training and I was like how do we close and they were like you just clock out you don't have to do anything and I was like okay because at quick service when we close like we would start closing um an hour and 15 minutes before the guests actually had to leave so oh, wow, we would okay. like we would do what was called pre-closing so we would like pre-close a section or pre-close um a station and because like when they actually close I remember like the restaurant would close at um nine ours did but if there's still guests like obviously you don't turn them away but mm-hmm. if you don't pre-close like you have to be clocked out by 9 15 and like if you're at a station you have to like do all the closing things in literally like five minutes mm-hmm. um whereas like if you were staying until 10 certain positions like had I guess an hour's worth of closing so you kind of would start the process earlier to kind of help you out a little bit because no one wants to be there past closing time <laughs> okay yeah I I can kind of relate I mean there were we would close with like 15 of us, but you would kind of know, usually at least for tractions, we would rotate our positions every 45 minutes, but there would come a point at night where they would stop rotating you. So you would be stuck in a position for like an hour and 15 minutes and you just come, you just assume you were closing that position. So you would just start doing all the things that you could physically do while the guests were there. Obviously you can't turn the entire attraction off because people are still on the ride, but you'd be in certain positions and you would there would just be the trickle of guests coming through and you would say okay well I'll do the first five things that I need to do here since no one else is really coming I can get those things out of the way uh one thing that I wanted to point out is I want you to share what music you you used to have to hear every night while you were leaving work to get back to housing the like in the park yeah, what did you hear okay. as you were leaving? So it was, um, y'all know the old show Illuminations at Epcot, RIP. I know it's something else now. Actually, I don't know if it's opened yet, but um, we would hear like the ending song to Illuminations. And then also in front of other attractions, like our backstage entrance, I'm sure um, Michaela's sister also knows, like, because she worked in the land as well. You have to go past Figment. And at the end of the night, um, they would speed up the music to make people leave faster. And so it would just be really fast, creepy figment music. And I'm not gonna lie, like I love walking through empty parks in the morning, like that's fine. But like at night, it was something weird about the figment music and the super fastness that it was going. But the rest of the park would be playing the elimination. So it was fine when she got past there, but it was just kind of funny. I think it plays into how you'll hear different news sources say how Dizzy never turns off the music and how creepy it is. And then you have that fact being true because I don't remember, we could have been at the park until like working a cheerleading event until 2 a.m. And the cheerleaders would have been gone by 1.30 and they would still be blasting that music every single part of the park that you were in. And certain parts, it was fine. Certain parts, you wouldn't, it wouldn't make a difference, but you would suddenly start walking past like the Muppets area and you would hear the the music going there and it would just be so odd okay did you also hear I feel like you mentioned this more than once the birds from the seas with Nemo and friends yes okay so it's weird people don't know like the land you come in on the second floor and then you go down on the first floor and people always try to like leave on the first floor but they don't realize that they have to go back up 
stairs to leave. So they're actually like, you can walk out the doors um, to our backstage area where our like coolers and stuff are. And it's actually directly behind the entrance to the seas with Nemo. So you would just hear like literally at 10 PM, no one's around. You just hear the little birds singing mine, 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 like as loud as they could. And it was also, it was like scary. It was kind of funny. Because, oh, like, gosh. during the day, you couldn't really hear it because there was guests talking and, like, so much commotion. But at night, when it was, like, still and quiet, it was kind of scary. I'd be creeped out by that. I probably would jump and run away, to yeah. be quite honest. I remember, like, always leaving. If I did, if I left at a weird time where my friends weren't leaving, like, we'd always walk out in a big group. But if I was leaving at a weird time, like, if we got an ER or something, I'd always call my mom and walk through the park, like, empty because I don't know why. It was just, like, weird. I just didn't want to walk by myself, you know? Yeah, absolutely. There was more than once that I would have to walk. Hollywood Studios, I think I explained before on the first podcast, and if I didn't, it, the backstage areas are really complicated. It's not like in Magic Kingdom where most people know that the utilidors or backstage areas are underneath. Ooh. And Epcot at least has like the, the ring on the outside. But Hollywood Studios, you are you go in offstage, onstage, offstage, onstage, and all the various parts. So there, it was a lot of navigating. And especially when I was there, there was so much construction going on that there was even more zigzagging and navigating around where you would go. And there was a very dark, creepy alley in between. I want to say it was the Muppets area or like the Muppets bathrooms and Star Tours. And it was, I found it to be very creepy at night. And you would have every once in a while, the custodial cast members coming through with their their they call them banana boats but they're big trash cans they were so loud so if you weren't paying attention and all of a sudden just heard one of these things I would jump and freak out oh like there's a person there it's not just me all right so you backtracking a lot you were mentioning some magical moments that you got to make for the guests and I remember hearing stuff about the hokey pokey so explain to me how that tied into your job okay so they didn't teach us this during training which was kind of fun for us as cast members to like on our first day be like oh this is actually happening but some people I don't know if y'all know like you would pull an assignment and it would say to do a task like for maybe like 15 minutes and so sometimes you would get in there at four which is what time it happened and you would pull land band which was our parade around the land um it was so fun we had a little cart and a banner and we'd basically go like find kids that are eating in the restaurant or like coming from soren and be like hey do you want to participate in our land band we're gonna have a parade and we give them like a little musical instrument like drums and we give them uh, mickey ears to put on no we would put on the mickey ears strike that we would put on the mickey ears (laughs) can i also say they were not even real Walt Disney World Mickey ears. These were like Walmart Mickey ears, like not even real. This bugged me a lot. It was very frustrating. Um, And we would like do a little, like it was like a little song that we would sing and march around the band, uh, around the land. And then when we'd circle back into a restaurant, we'd start playing the Hokey Pokey song. And the kids got to do the Hokey Pokey with us at four. And then um, they would get like a little prize. So sometimes it was like the Mickey bendy straws. Sometimes it was like, cookies or something and that happened every day so like if you are in a position in the dining room you always got to participate in land band but if you were not like if you were at a station or at the register you had to just stand there and um, watch it all happen which was kind of fun too and then um, we'd sometimes get to pick like little kids and give them more magical moments so it was fun that was Love like the that. big one that we did every day. But like we we sang songs for birthdays. If we saw a birthday pin, you were getting an M&M cookie and we were singing you a song. That's precious. We had we had the option of 
And I'm sure other people that are listening to this podcast may have gotten the same thing because I did on my birthday, I went to a restaurant and they gave you this big card that said happy birthday with a whole bunch of characters. And it was essentially an autograph book. It it only had two pages on the inside. The restaurant that I was at, it was character dining for my birthday. So I think that's also why, but we had the ability to give that to kids. Like we had a stack of them, which I always thought was kind of weird because they were just, okay, here, the front of it looks nice. The inside, go find some characters and fill it up. Um, I don't remember doing that far too often. We had other ways of making magical moments. Like we would put people through fast pass or uh, we would, uh, well, I guess the other thing that, I don't know if they told you this, but I remember having to take a test, which I don't think we mentioned, you have to take a test at the end of your training. So we had to take a practical test with with actually doing, fulfilling whatever duties they told us to do. Like, you're going to go do this role, show me how you do it. But we also had to do a written test. And -hmm. one of the questions on the written test, because I think, the first 20 or so questions are pretty generic and any role could have answered that. The first question that I had to answer was what's the definition of a magical moment? And a magical moment is a planned moment. It is not on the fly. We call magical moments on the fly things all the time, like just deciding mm-hmm. to put someone through fast pass. But our magical moment was a planned meet and greet with Buzz and Woody, which kind of fell through the cracks once the whole Toy Story Land was really uh, booming up. But y'all oh, had a fun on. magical moment at Fulks too, Festival of the Lion King, which I thought was really cool. Yes. Yes. So we did have a magical moment at Festival of the Lion King, which was getting to, I believe it was the four o'clock show as well. I don't know why four o'clock is the designated time for these It's things. very special in Disney. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 1600 apparently is really popular. So we mm. would pick guests to sit in the front row and we got to do that every show pretty much. There are some times where the front row would be reserved either for uh, members of the cast's family that they had invited guests that would sit in the front or dining packages could also get the front row seat. But the four o'clock, there was a specific row that was saved just so that you could put a family there. And then at the end of the show, you would take them to meet the cast of the show backstage. So the stilt walkers would come out and the four singers and uh, the tumble monkeys, Timon would come out, all the dancers, whoever was there was going to meet you. And that was always fun because you would get to bring them backstage and take photos for them. And most of these people had no clue this was happening. So to get them to bring, get them to see this happening, you would have families that were in tears. It was so, so, so special. Not that putting, giving someone a Mickey straw or a cookie or putting them through Fast Fest isn't special, but when you have people crying because you're doing something nice for them, it's, it's incredible. All right, so we kind of talked a lot about work, and I think we're going to transition now into talking about the outside perks of doing the Disney College program. So we talked about on our first program, I did attractions, both programs, the first time you did quick service, and then the second time around, you were mentioning before how you had a whole different experience in terms of applying and getting in. So you tell me what happened, and then what you did to me when you told me you found out oh yes that's a great story okay so I applied I guess it was in March February March whenever they came out I know it was like no must have been February um and it was kind of the same process like it it sped along until the phone interview was finished and I remember like doing my phone interview at school and actually I thought that the web-based interview was a lot harder the second time I don't know why but I feel like Mm -hmm. you and I both thought that it was a lot harder Um, And so then three days later, after I did the web-based interview, I got the phone interview um, and actually did it really late at night. Um, And so I figured that it would be, you know, like a week or so. 
um, just like my first program, but it turned out like you found out, I think the day that I got my phone interview that you had mm-hmm. gotten in. And I knew that like, for some reason that year, the summer alumni was like really competitive because they'd opened yeah. it up for not like people who had just done the co- college program in the past and not just like people that were in college. Um, so I was just thinking, oh man, I'm not going to get in. Like she's already got the wave. They probably already accepted everyone. Um, and I remember like following one of the recruiters on Twitter and they were like, this is the last day or whatever to get in. And then they tweeted again, like it was over, like it's done. We've sent out all the emails and I didn't get it because I was in the, um, I was at, I was actually in class and I refreshed my email like so often I was like, oh, I didn't get it. And then it finally came through and it said that I was merchandise. So I called Michaela, I was like freaking out. Um, and I was like, Hey, um, cause you were like, tell me whatever you get, you know, cause it was the last day. And I was like, Hey, um, I'm so sorry. And this makes me so sad, um, for you because you're going to have to live with me again next summer. <laughs> we so should also mention you're out. Yeah. We should mention that it was April fool's day. It so- was, Oh, it was April fool's day. And I don't know if I remember that it was April Fool's Day or there was something about it. Like when you first said that you didn't get in, my heart sunk and I'm thinking, okay, you know, I I did, you know, the last half of the summer without Colin, it'll be fine. I'll just, I'll do it without her again, you know, make new friends. And then when you did tell me you got in, I was flipping out because I was just so excited. And our experience of picking roommates that time was also really different because instead of the last time we were able to pick all six of the people living in our apartment, this time we could only pick one other person. And we did find someone that we ended up living with and eventually showed up with the other three. But that was just so bizarre, knowing one person. Still only, I only met her the day that we moved in and then also met the other three people. It was actually funny. I checked into Vista Way and we had decided to do Vista Way that time because our, our roommate that we were going to live with really wanted to stay there. And I think we'd already lived in Chatham. We were like, okay, it'll be fine. We'll we'll deal with yeah. Vista. It, it, knowing what we know now, I don't think we would stay in Vista. It, no, it truly not is really. not, not, a, not a great place. It personally just, you can tell that Chatham at least had more care by the previous mm-hmm. occupants. And I think it's because Chatham is just known for being nicer versus Vista, I think our previous occupants just didn't care about keeping it clean. And in general, the it was just not not overall the best. But I remember checking in and I you were coming in a few hours later and walking and not because Vista is it was like a, a maze. Like a, yeah. Because Chatham things. was at least in a grid and it had signs telling you where the buildings were. But you would see signs for Vista that was like, oh, building 13, 27, and like 19 are over here. It was, there's just no rhyme or reason. And following this person, because they seemed to know where they were going. And then they go, oh, I'm going to the same building. And we ended up being roommates. So that was how I had met our first, our first roommate. And then the other two met them throughout the day as they showed up. Uh, and we, you and I ended up living together again. I don't know if you felt like this, but I thought that our rooms were smaller. Yeah, there were definitely um, less air conditioning in Vista. Yeah, we did not have air conditioning. <laughs> we also awful. had, we had two bathrooms among everyone. And the way that our Vista apartment was set up was that one bedroom had a bathroom connected to it. And then the other two bedrooms had a bathroom on the outside that we shared. So four people to one bathroom, two to the other versus Chatham. All of our bedrooms had its own connecting bathroom. Which my was, bathroom in Chatham had my closet great. inside of the bathroom and I thought that was super cool because like getting ready for work was like super easy and it didn't have to wake up the other person 
Right. I forgot about that because our, my room that I stayed in and the other room in our apartment did not have that. Yeah. Uh, other things that we can say, our kitchen was definitely bigger and nicer in yeah. Chatham. We had a large pantry that connected to it. I remember us having all those trash cans. We had a pretty large living room. The bedrooms are bigger. We had a, our own separate dining room. It was a yeah. huge table there versus in Vista. It was a tiny little kitchen table that could maybe fit three of us around it. Our living room was tiny. We had a balcony in Chatham too. We did have a balcony in Chatham because we were on the second floor. Uh, I guess in a plus of Vista that I will say that I enjoyed was that our laundry machines were right outside of our building. Yeah. And Chatham, we had to cross the street to go to our laundry like a little separate house also vista had two fridges which was really nice living with six people because i feel like the first time in chatham it was just one fridge and a lot of us like it was hard for us to keep groceries because you know we had our little little corner but yeah it was nice to share it with only two people instead of five other people definitely especially freezers i think all yeah. of us if I think just college students in general don't want to put that much effort into cooking, especially when you don't have that much time and you want to spend your time at the parks. So yeah. we would all get frozen foods of all varieties. And so our freezer in Chatham would be stuffed with all of that because no one would really buy, buy fresh food because you really had, I would go shopping once every two weeks at Chatham because mm-hmm. I, I would be working so much. And if we went to a park four out of those five days, we were eating at the park. So it wasn't like we ate at home all the time lunch food yes definitely lunch food for work because I feel like for me they had great cast cafeterias um but mine in Epcot was on the other side of the park and it would take my whole break to just get there so right yeah that's something that we can talk about because I don't think we said it on the other episode that each park has at least one cast cafeteria I believe Mm -hmm. Magic Kingdom has two but neither you nor I work there I'm not sure so Hollywood Studios had one that is connected or it's in the basically the same show building as the Disney Junior Live on Stage building is. It's connected to that and the Hollywood Brown Derby. And it was a large cafeteria. I don't know if I ever brought you in there, Colin. It was pretty large. We had a subway in there. We had a Mexican Mm -hmm. food place. There was I'm blanking, like a a general like a a fridge kind of as if you were at like a 7-Eleven like several fridges of various types of food that you could just like walk in and get and then Animal Kingdom had this actually Animal Kingdom did have two I just never went to the other one Animal Kingdom had this massive warehouse building that they called Pride Rock that had food but I never really went in there because again you had to cross the park to get to it I was lucky that I was closer because it was on the side closer to Africa which is where the Lion King building was but there was one in Dino. If you don't want to bring your own food, which you can, there's always going to be a fridge available for you to put your food in in, in your break rooms. Uh, but you also can bring your own. Like there's there's not a reason why you can't. Now you definitely can't leave Disney property. Your lunch break is not going to be any longer than 45 minutes. I yep. believe you had a 45 minute break, but I always had a 30. So we, you would never have that opportunity to leave like that. So The other thing logistically that we wanted to talk about when it comes to the college program is Transstar, which (laughs) is Disney's bus system. Now, there are so many videos that can talk more in depth about this, and we are just going to say that Transstar had improved by the time that we got there for our summer alumni program, which was good. 
but the first program, if you've seen videos online, uh, buses aren't reliable at Disney, or at least they used to not be. So these are not the buses that you are taking as a guest, not at all. Although they did sometimes send us those buses to pick us up. It wouldn't yes. be the same. It was a different company that would come to pick you up. So it wasn't Disney employees that came to pick you up. It, they were run by this company and there were always a bus stop at every, I think it was every single one of the places except for Patterson, which was right next to Chatham. So they could just yes. walk down the street. And you would get a timetable. And depending on the time of day, there would usually be between two to three uh, buses that would take you to different locations. And I think there were like nine or 10 different bus lines. There was two that was designated just for Magic Kingdom, one for Epcot, one for Hollywood Studios, one for Animal Kingdom, like a line specifically. But each of those lines could have two or three buses. And each. some of them took you like off property, like to um, Walmart and like Walgreens and stuff like that too. Yeah, that was really nice. There was one that took you to the mall. I never took that one, but I did take the I one that took that you one. to the post office a couple times and a couple times the one to Walmart. So if you're in need of getting places, you want to spend money on Ubers, which we ended up doing a lot towards the end. It was just one, easier, honestly. Yeah. The, the other thing is that you can never guarantee how much space is going to be left on the bus. Mm -hmm. So you could get anything from one of those gigantic big buses. And towards the end of my program, so many of the buses designated to Hollywood studios were just out of commission that they started sending us a Disney cruise line bus. They sent us charter coach buses, which definitely were not the ones that we were riding on. The ones that we rode on originally were more like city buses. And towards the end of, of night, depending on what I guess what locations got out at the same time, you didn't know if you were gonna be able to get the bus. So if you happen to get out of your shift, at least at Hollywood Studios of your shift at the same time as all the people from Fantasmic got off your, their shift, you were straight out of luck of getting a seat because Fantasmic has just so many CPs that the bus would be filled to capacity of standing room that you were you you would have to wait for the next one. Also, and there I, remember, nice I remember, sorry, I remember like, sometimes some some places like magic kingdom i think had two different bus lines but like epcot i know had three buses um but like when i worked at disney springs there was like one maybe two on like a popular mm -hmm. day so it was like if you did not get the bus you would have to be like waiting there for like 45 minutes at least yeah i i had that happen a couple times where the bus actually just didn't show up. So yeah. if I was, I think Hollywood Studios was the E line. So the E1 bus was supposed to come. The E1 bus left just as I was getting there, which was always the worst, showing up just as the bus was leaving. Mm -hmm. And then the E2 bus never showed up. So then we were waiting for the E3 bus and the E3 bus was late. And then by the time the E3 bus got there, the E1 bus had come around again. And he was just like, all right, well, I got a guaranteed seat. But at the same time, I've been waiting for an hour to get home. And when you've already worked like 12 hours and now you've been sitting for 45 minutes to an hour waiting to get picked up and it's 3 a.m., it's not a fun time. So Absolutely. a perk that I can say is save up your money for the couple of times that you want to take the Uber home from work because you're going to be so grateful to sit in a car and get home 15 to 20 minutes later as opposed to uh, getting anywhere faster yeah okay so on our second programs i worked to festival lion king again attractions you got in we moved in with our roommates and we talked a little bit about just like the logistics of that and where did you work the second time on that program um i worked at world of disney at disney springs the second program i 
am so happy when the day that I found out that that's where you work. Cause I think you found out earlier than the rest of us did. Correct. Um, Again. Yes. So actually I had a friend who was working there and they change your roles all the time or your locations all the time. Because originally like in May, I was supposed to be at ESPN at the, uh, the store with ESPN. Um, but because I had some like medical things that I needed to clear with Disney they put me at World of Disney so like it does happen where you do get changed like Michaela was you know parking and then she got changed to Toy Story so um I did not mind working at Disney Springs I wish it was in a park like I loved working at Epcot but also I know on my days off I would not want to go to work like I would not want to go to Epcot and so I feel like I visited that park less because I worked there so like at Disney Springs, I knew that I was never going to go there on my day off um, because I could either go there before work or after work. Everything was usually closed. But before work, if I wanted to go somewhere at Disney Springs and I didn't have to like waste a whole day that I could be in the park. That's a really good way of looking at it. I know that we did go to Disney Springs to see movies a couple yeah. of times and we did go to uh, a couple of the little restaurants there, but we... We certainly travel to the different parks a whole lot more than we ever did Disney Springs. Also, Disney Springs is very confusing. Like I worked there for like five months and even or how much how much was it? Three months for the three or the three spring? to four, yeah. Yeah. It's like three or four months. And like after the whole training day where they physically walk you around Disney Springs and they're like, This is this and that is that, and tell you the whole backstory of how people get where they are and like places, how to get places from your location. I still could not even probably walk you to the ubers because i only know where world of disney is and the marketplace and where rainforest cafe is like that those are the only <laughs> like three places that i know and those are the only places that i actually visit when i'm at disney springs so mm -hmm. yeah so uh another thing that happens in training usually one of your very first days on training is they give you a walk around day of whatever location that you're at and they might combine that with a couple of other things that happen but for animal kingdom we had an introduction to Animal Kingdom, their mission, places that yeah. places and people that you needed to know. And this is right after tradition. So you got the overall company introduction and then this was your Ooh. park or location introduction. And after we kind of sat down and talked for a couple of hours, they gave you maps and other things that you would need and they would walk you around and we got to go on the rides. I know that when I did the Hollywood Studios walk around day, they brought us to the Muppets, which I was so disappointed because I found out that they used to take you to the great movie ride. And since the great movie ride sadly had closed, we weren't able to. At Animal Kingdom, they took us to the safaris, which is great. But I remember thinking, knowing that I obviously had been to Animal Kingdom a lot since my first program, and I knew where everything was, that it must be so overwhelming for people who this is their first time coming to Disney or they haven't been here in a very long time. And suddenly they have to work here and are kind of expected to know everything there is to know about the park and where to buy something, where to go, where to bring a child and all of that yeah. right off the bat. And Animal Kingdom is complicated and they Disney Springs of, is even worse. They have a, little, a lot of little pathways in Animal Kingdom. Like I remember like my first program, we were trying to get to Pandora and the signs were all pointed the wrong way. And somehow we ended up in Dino Land, which is like on the other side of the park. And we don't even know how we got there. So. Fair. So what was a highlight for you about working at World of Disney? I loved the merchandise role. Like um, the training was great. Like I feel like I understood what I was supposed to be doing and like they showed it to you like, and they talked it through. Um, but I loved like 
being in the princess section and like helping a princess pick out her dress and taking her up to check out and then talking to them about the bibbity boppity boutique which was next door and they all like got them an appointment for that stuff too so I think just like meeting people and at Disney Springs like I know a lot of people did not visit Disney Springs in the middle of their trip it was either they had just arrived so I could give them like pointers on hey you need to go do this or like um, at the time Avatar and Toy Story Land were such a big thing I was like you need to get there before the park opens so that you guys can like get on the rides super early and have the less least amount of wait time um, or like talking to the or talking to the families about like the ending of their Disney trip like what was their favorite part and kind of getting to know them more than I had the opportunity to in quick service because it was a lot of like you weren't like really selling the products, but like you kind of get to know what they want, what they need. And like a lot of, it's like very based the way that they do it now on interacting with the guests and getting to know them and helping them figure out what they need. Right. It's a lot more personalized that yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to, okay, here's the food. What options yeah. do you want? What like, are you hungry for? Ya. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that about merchandise. And I feel like that would be the same anywhere. And also I know... I didn't get the opportunity to do this, but I know a lot of people picked up shifts with merchandise a lot of places um, because World of Disney is hard to give away shifts for. I did not really get to try like working at Magic Kingdom or working at Epcot because I think if I could take the store and put it in Epcot, I would be, <laughs> it would be like amazing. It would be your perfect thing. Yeah. I also know that you can do that for quick service. But you have yeah. to be trained on certain things because yes. I know if you're not registered trained, then you can't go to certain places. There's other places you need to be alcohol trained. Yes. And that was the same with uh, merchandise because some merchandise locations uh, sell alcohol and like we did not get it with our training mm -hmm. for merchandise, just like the world of Disney because we did not sell that stuff. And also like I know Goofy's Candy Company is also merchandise, but you also have to be like food safety trained in that stuff too. Right. Or there's glow carts, which is you see at night, yeah. different cast members, especially on Main Street, pushing around carts with different uh, light up toys. And you had to be glow cart trained because you had yes. like the pouch of money was attached to you. So yes. you had to be extra careful because at any moment someone could run up and try to get money yeah. out of you. Yeah. Uh, and I, I remember thinking because I not that I worked with these people but there was a couple of glow cart people that at night at festival lion king depending on the position that you had you'd be close to them so you get to know and i remember thinking being so impressed with the way that they they didn't seem or it didn't show that they were getting bored because i mm -hmm. i think that if i had to stand there for however many hours three to four hours just waving a bubble wand and waiting for someone to come and buy things from you that i i wouldn't have been able to keep that up uh i didn't know until our second college program that you didn't have the best time at sunshine seasons not to say that you had the worst but I like didn't really understand that which I think is crazy because I, I knew so much else about you that yeah. when you would tell me oh my gosh I love world of Disney like it's so it's 10 times better I was always so shocked I think like I love my friends from sunshine seasons it was definitely more of like a close-knit DCP experience where like I still have a snapchat group with all of my friends from world uh from sunshine seasons and we still talk about it like you know mm -hmm. but world of Disney um the management was so great at world of Disney and def like sunshine seasons they would like give you off days they would um give you ERs like they were great with that but like 
I feel like the management like support was way better at World of Disney because we had it was such a big operation um like I think there's like 300 to 500 customers that just work at World of Disney and usually like 80 to 100 customers that work at night or like per day um so I feel like I did get to know a lot of people um on the college program the second time but I feel like some people I literally had never met before until my last night there I was like oh you're a CP and they're like yeah I've been here since January and I was like oh I had no idea because you kind of see the same people but it's just a much larger scale whereas wow. like, sunshine seasons we'd be closing with 10 people and at world of disney you close with like 50 right and i think the people that you work with really do make your experience yeah i, I truly do whether it's the cps the full-time people the part-time seasonal I, like i really do think it makes a difference i feel like too like being able to be trained with some of the people um because we had little training groups and being able to like be trained with them and like kind of having the same shifts afterwards it was Mm -hmm. nice to kind of be there together figuring it out as we go (laughs) right and they're the people that you you rely on because I would see you when you would get home from work or I would get home from work and especially on the second program we didn't have the same shifts at all because I would be getting home at the same time that your shift would be starting so you really do rely on the people that you're working with for support when you don't have roommates that are there. World of Disney, my sleep schedule was so messed up because I would go into work around four or five, around six or seven each night. And then I would get home. My shift would usually end at one o'clock in the morning and then having to wait on a bus or Uber. Um, I'd usually get home at like two 30, depending on what happened. And then you know, it's like you get home from work and then what do you do? You make dinner. So I'd eat dinner at like three in the morning and then go to bed at like four or five. And then your alarm would be going off at seven. And like, there was some days, I feel like there was like at least a week where I like never talked to you, but I was like, oh, she's good. Like she's asleep, you know? Yes. <laughs> and then you woke up and you're like, oh, she's good. She's asleep. That, yeah. I mean, that's how we had to operate because I, I would be so dead asleep as soon as I got home and, you know, showered and ate and everything that I would have no clue that you had come home until I woke up the next day. And there was one time that I remember coming home. I think you had gone to see your family at the beach. Yeah. And I think that was the week that we just like kept like trains passing in the night. Yeah. (laughs) Never seeing each other. But okay. So now let's transition into the times that we did see each other. So let's talk about our favorite moments. Now, we have talked to death, you and I individually, especially about on our first program, our favorite days, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to list some things off and you can choose what you want to talk about. There was the day that we spent the entire day at Fort Wilderness, which was oh, such a joy. Yes. We went to hoop doo We did four parks in one day. I think we should tell this story of yeah. Starlet Splash and four parks in one day. So I'm going to start with the Starlet Splash part. So okay. Disney does really cool things for the college program cast members that work there at housing whether or not you stay at housing, although I would say like 95% of the Disney college programmers live at Disney housing, you can still participate in these events. So it might be a movie night or a meet and greet or bingo or another welcome event. There's always free food. There can be free prizes and you're able to go to them. Most of these take place at night just because that's kind of the atmosphere that they're going for. They do have ones that take place during the day. There weren't many that I was really able to attend because of like the way scheduling works, but especially in that first week or two, when you arrive, when you're going through training and your schedule is a little bit more normal and before you even do 
before you even have that happening they would do these events and one thing that they do is a very special event that happens once per the semester that you're there so either spring or fall now unfortunately if you're a international college program student and you're there in the summer they kind of miss both of these events we you and I never went to the fall program at all so we didn't get to go to this but in fall they do a formal dance I think it's in November or December they hold it at Coronado Springs and that's their like major event for that time and then in the spring they do Starlet Splash which they shut down Typhoon Lagoon they don't need to rent it out or anything because Disney owns Typhoon Lagoon they shut it down just for DCPs and it is free of charge you get to go you get to go on all the rides at night which is a unique experience because Typhoon Lagoon I believe closes at like six or seven on most days maybe I'm wrong I was gonna say I feel like they just closed it a couple hours early um because usually most people on night, I know like when we were there I guess it was either in the spring or the summer they had like fun nights that you could like special ticketed events that you could actually go at night but I feel like usually it's not open after dark yes so we were able to go on all the rides after dark that were I I don't think any of them any of them were closed they had free food uh Typhoon Lagoon is another one of those places that is a complete loss for me in terms of directions one because I wear glasses so when we go I don't wear glasses and two it's just not something somewhere that I went frequently so I believe that there are two or three eateries there but I'm not entirely positive and they would they sold free food not sold free food gave us only free food and we got free t-shirts they gave us free ice cream there were ice cream bars and Mickey Mouse bars everywhere so fun and I, I remember getting a glow stick it was just such a fun night so this took place about a week and a half before you left which was really the end of the spring program but because I had extended until the end of July I was going to be there longer and yeah. I remember coming home from night one day the week before and you do not find out your schedule until about two weeks beforehand or a week beforehand mm-hmm. so I wouldn't find out like the schedule that I would have started yesterday on the 17th of January, I wouldn't have found out until midnight, Saturday, the 9th into the 10th. And I remember yeah. finding our schedule coming home. You and I were sitting at our dining room table and we really wanted to do four parks in one day. We hadn't done it yet. And we just both happened to have off that day right after Charlotte's Splash. And we were like, all right, are we going to do four parks in one day <laughs> right after being yes. at Charlotte's Splash until I think 2 a.m.? And we had to do it. And oh, yeah. then we're go okay so let's just try and find one last dining reservation and you and I had been everywhere we'd been to 1900 Mm -hmm. park no night no not 1900 park fair but we'd been to um crystal palace and grand florian cafe chef mickey's had been there a couple times be our guest we we'd gone to all these different restaurants and we hadn't gone to cinderella's royal table and i don't even think we were trying to find it but i'm just scrolling and i found it for the very last seating at 10 50 at night maybe it was never happened that That never happens Cinderella's Royal Table is one of those places you have to book the 180 days out before, which is when you can start booking your, you can start booking your th- uh, dining reservations. So anyway, we did Starlet Splash. I, re- I went to work. I think I changed in the car on the drive over there. And then we met, I think we hung yeah. I was with you for most of that night. I was with the Toy Story group because a lot of, like I said, the managers um, did not let a lot of the sunshine people off. So I was fortunate to have those two days off because I think it was one of our Thursdays. Maybe I had like the Wednesday, Thursday off, but anyways, Mm -hmm. I was off. So 
I remember leaving that parking lot with my friend that was driving me home. I think I got home at 3 a.m. showered and you and I were on our way to Hollywood Studios by 7 a.m. So yes, we did not get a lot, a lot of sleep, which is a recurring theme for you and I, because we just accepted that we were going to make the most of the time that we had there. So if that meant getting three hours of sleep and waking up before like very early so that we could go to a dining reservation before you or I had to go to work that day, we just made it it work. So it had to happen. And you can take it from here if you want to talk about our experience. Yeah, so closing. we had decided to start at, uh, where do we start? Hollywood Studios. And we had like kind of made, I know like four parks in one day is like a challenge that we had on our bucket list. But we um, decided to add like a little twist where we, we did one attraction. Sometimes we did two. We saw one show and then we did, we met one group of characters or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at each park. Because like, I feel like you could just go to the parks and, do whatever but we wanted to like make it more challenging um so we started out at hollywood studios we saw the frozen show we met olaf which i really wanted to meet olaf i'd never met him before mm-hmm. I don't know what ride we did i think we probably did toy story or tower of terror um and then i remember like we finagled somehow finagled the fast passes to where like we used the three or let the three expire and then like we went to um epcot we rode the boat over to epcot before the skyliner and then um right or do we go to animal kingdom we definitely went to epcot after we went to epcot after because we took the boat um we did we went around the world we entered at the international gateway we went we watched the america show um adventures american american adventure yeah which was super fun because i'd never done a lot of these i'd never done before which is weird um and then i think we met on an elsa and I don't remember what ride we did, we did, but we kind of walked around Epcot and then we decided to go to Animal Kingdom. I guess we probably had lunch, probably either at my restaurant or, you know, somewhere in the world showcase. And then we decided to, I think we Ubered from Animal Kingdom because the, the goal was to end up at Magic Kingdom at the end of the night. So to see the fireworks and all that. And, um, we went to Animal Kingdom and we did the show. I think we rode Flight of Passage or Everest. We did Festival of the Lion King and then we met Russell and Doug, which is super fun. Yeah. Met them before. And then we were like, it was kind of early. It was maybe like four or five and we didn't have to be at, you know, Magic Kingdom for a while. So we were like, um, I think we need to go to Walmart. So didn't we go to Walmart and get some food? And then we went back mm-hmm. to our apartment and we changed clothes because we kind of wanted to look a little bit nicer for Cinderella's Royal Table. And then we got to Magic Kingdom. We watched Happily Ever After. We did the Magic, And I think we rode our signature ride, The Little Mermaid, which is our mm-hmm. first ride and our last ride of both programs, which is really special. And then we met all of the characters at Cinderella's Royal Table. And then we were actually in the castle when they were doing the kiss goodnight. So we kind of got to stay in the park after hours, which was really cool. That was such a special day because we really tried to make the most of the time. And like you said, we were able to go food shopping in the middle, which is kind of crazy and still do all the things that you just said. And what was really cool, and I think about this so often, is that when we were inside of the castle, someone got engaged. And I'm sure it happens all the time. I think our waitress said it happens like once a seating and they try Mm -hmm. to arrange it so that it doesn't happen twice. But seeing that inside of the castle on such a magical day was such a great end cap to our trip as a whole that I'm really glad that we had that experience 
it was Absolutely. it was so great and we got to stay back like you said on main street take photos we had a nice little photo shoot yeah. and make our way back us with so, our photo shoots us with our photo shoots yeah we would intentionally because i would i, I remember be thinking oh well I haven't met like Donald in this outfit so let's go meet Donald at this restaurant in this outfit and make it happen all right when are we going yeah so I think what I really appreciated and I know that you did too with both of us is just how willing we were to just go go for it yes there was a night that we were at Hollywood Studios and we went on Tower of Terror something like three or four times in a row and we're about to go on it for the last time because it was the park was closing at nine it was like 8 59 and we're like running into the queue and you go um Magic Kingdom's open until midnight do you want to go and we went and I I just love that we were able to make have those fun experiences so as we're you keep talking it was fun because like we could like you know, just decide because we'd gone all the time, you know, to the park. So like, we could just decide to go to like the park and do Peter Pan and then leave. Like, and it was fun because it was kind of just like, whatever we kind of were in the mood for, uh, what we did is what we did. So we didn't always do all the rides, but a lot of times we did, like we did at Hollywood studios. Right. We, I, what's great about being on the DCP is you essentially have an annual pass. Obviously there are restrictions. There are days that we couldn't go to certain parks, but you don't have to feel guilty for showing up to a park and doing one thing or nothing at all. And then immediately leaving and going somewhere else mm-hmm. because you can, you know, your day off next week, go and do that thing. Um, if you waited for an hour and a half to go on space mountain, and you don't want to do that again well you don't have to worry about it because next week you can grab a fast pass for it you don't have to you don't have to feel like your quote-unquote vacation has been ruined because of x y or z happening because that's not the case there so there were so many uh, yes we did spend full days in the parks but there were also times that we would go mini golfing in the afternoon or we would go to the movies especially on our last program we ended up with the movies a lot, but granted there were yeah. 2019 Toy Story 4, Aladdin, the live action film, and then the remake of The Lion King all came out within the span of a month of each other. So naturally yes. we were going to the movie theaters to see those things. We had to do it. So with that being said, as we're wrapping this discussion up, I wanted to ask you, is there anything that you either wish you knew now or wish you knew then that you know now about the program or something that you wish you'd done differently, maybe two different things? after having done two programs? I mean, I definitely think that both programs were different in a good way. Um, I feel like I was not really excited to do a second program after just the work experience, but I know like the fun, the fun things that we got to do, which is why I kind of like applied for the second one, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think I would do anything differently. I mean, maybe just like go to the parks more. I know it was a lot harder for me to go to the parks the second program um, because it was hot in Florida and a lot of rain in the summer. And then I would, like I said, I would get off work and I would go to bed at like four or five in the morning. And then if we were like going to a dining reservation in the morning or going to the park, I would wake up at seven. So like a lot of uh, sleepless nights, but it was all in good fun. So I really enjoyed it. I don't think I could do that now. I don't know how I, you know, was able to like muscle through all the no sleep and all the work and all that, but I don't know. I think I made the, I think we both made the best of our programs, the best of our time there. So I wouldn't really change a thing. I, I would echo all the same things. The only thing that I think I wish I had known at the very beginning of my program was 
that you really don't need that much sleep to survive at Disney yeah. World. You just run on <laughs> adrenaline, magic, and fumes. And Basically. I think at the very beginning of the program, I would be like, it's my only day off this week. I really need to sleep in. This was at the very beginning of the first program. And I very quickly learned that kind of who cares, you know, get up, make those fast passes, make those reservations. That would be my advice really to anyone is to kind of, no matter how much time you have, whether you're staying there for three months, or you're staying there for 10, uh, 10 months or a full year program or whatever it is that make the most of the time that you have there especially if you're on a longer program, you might think I have all this time and you get to the last week and realize that you didn't do as much. So start doing all the things on your bucket list that you want to do right away. And don't just yeah. wait for the last moment. I would definitely like prioritize your bucket list. Cause I know a lot of our bucket list things actually transferred over to the next college program, like yes. the kitchen sink and doing, I don't know, like going to more resorts because I feel like we thought we had all this time in the first program and we did do a lot. Like I'm sure we probably did more than most people, but like, going to all the resorts I think was on there and like we didn't get to go out to all the resorts or eat the beignets or whatever and we we did go back and do that on the second program so it was nice to have and also I feel like the second program it was nice to kind of know what you were getting yourself into Mm -hmm. um and like I feel like we kind of knew on the first program that it was like a lot of work and a lot of uh a lot of time to play in the parks but like really knowing like being there for a short amount of time um kind of like I don't know it makes you like live every day to its fullest and like even if um you know guests are mean or whatever and but you're still making magic you can still create happiness and that's what we're here to do so I enjoyed it yes so tell me with the because we only have a couple minutes left tell me your absolute favorite moments and then I think we'll sign off tell me your favorite moment on either program um Okay, I'll tell you a guest moment. One time I was working at uh, Sunshine Seasons and I had a kid who was like really scared of going on Soren. I don't know why it was, you know, I guess just being fear of off the ground or whatever, because it does go a little bit higher. And her mom was like kind of trying to drag her on. And I was like, no, it's okay. Like she can stay with me if you guys want to go um, on the ride because I was just busting tables or whatever. So I got to talk to this little kid and um, I really enjoyed like getting to know them and it was funny because we talked about Soren. we talked about like why she might be scared and I told her I was like I've ridden the ride so many times this is exactly what happens and then it was funny because three days later she came back it was her last day of vacation sought me out I was in a different position I was behind one of the counters and she came up to me and was like hey I rode Soren today and I really wanted to tell you like I don't know it just made an impact on me because I couldn't go ride it with her. Like I know uh, your rock and milk story is awesome, but it was cool because like she remembered me and you know, I was actually working and they came and found me, which was in a completely opposite side of the restaurant. So I love that. And I think that is so special. I know. I love it. Like just making happiness. And like, I am a, I am a first grade teacher. So I do have a heart for kids. Um, and then I think just like all the experiences that you and I got to do um I know like the roommate situation wasn't the greatest but we definitely made the most of it and I don't know just kind of everything like the random nights the random IHOP nights at two in the morning yeah um going to to ride barnstormer and eat a pretzel for no apparent reason yeah so with that being said thank you so much Colin for coming and talking this was so much fun thank you for having me I enjoyed it 
even though we can't see our audience, I really did feel like the audience hyped up this conversation. It made me so happy to share. Yes. So with that being said to our lovely listeners, if you could leave us a five-star review, leave us a comment, that would be absolutely wonderful and help us to get our name out there. And we will talk to you next week. Katie and I will be back with another episode. Talk to you soon, everyone. See you, Colin. Bye. Okay, I have to end this so that the recording gets sent and I'm going to send it to my sister and then I'm going to go eat dinner. Thank you. I'm so happy. That was so fun. If you want to have me on again, I'll do it anytime. Yeah, we can get Lindsay on here too. Lindsay can talk about her story. Wouldn't that be great? That'd be fantastic. All right, I love you. I love you too. Bye. Bye.